Finance. Hey, welcome everybody to the Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast all about financial independence and early retirement. On today's show, I'm excited to introduce Alan from popupbusinessschool.co.uk. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Alan just a couple weeks ago in Ecuador for the annual Chautauqua event. And uh, Alan was an attendee, but he offered to give a presentation on how to start a business. And it was fantastic. Um, it fit perfectly in with all the other presentations of the week. And it it helped answer one of the biggest questions people have about financial independence and early retirement. And that is, you know, what do I do next? And that's an incredibly important question to ask and answer. Um, and that's something that I've found over the last three months since I quit my job, how important that is and how important it is to have something that you're working towards and that you're working on. So I'm really excited to get him on the show to talk about not only why you should start a business, but how and how you should do so in a way that doesn't jeopardize your pursuit of financial independence and actually could help speed up your journey getting there. So without further delay, Alan, thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. So we uh, just a week ago, we just got back from a ridiculously incredible week uh, we had in Ecuador um, for the Chautauqua. Um, so yeah, how did you uh, find the experience? It was an incredible experience. Um Katie, my wife and I came and just to be sat in a 16th century hacienda talking to Triple M, you, uh, Jim Collins and discussing our future financial independence and all that sort of stuff was just an amazing week. Oh, it was. It was uh, it exceeded all my expectations as well. Was it what you expected or was it quite different? I think the biggest difference from what I expected was that there was less of a focus on the pure mechanics and maths and strategies of how to get to financial independence. I think because a large part of the participants were actually well on the journey and there was more of a focus on happiness, purpose and what to do after you reach financial independence. That was the biggest thing that surprised me. Yeah, no, that's it. It was... It was great for me because, yeah, like I, I think about the mechanics so much, but um, being there and hearing all the different perspectives on exactly what you said, the happiness part of it um, just made it, you know, incredibly useful for me as well. Um, and just hearing everyone's stories and struggles. And uh, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. It, it surprised me as well. Um, and uh, it was it was a fantastic difference from what I expected the Chautauqua to be. Um, so that's great. You had a good time, and I'm assuming Katie had just as good of a time. Oh yes, oh yes, and I think we'll come again. It was brilliant. Oh wow, nice, cool. And uh, any any major lessons learned, or any big changes in your uh, personal journey from it, or are you still processing it? It's only been a week since we've been back, and I'm sure you've been <laughs> ridiculously busy with normal life. Uh, Katie and I are some of the most organized and geeky people around. Um, so we had a tab for each of the one-to-one -one sessions we had with different questions that we had wanted to ask yourself, Jim Collins and Triple M. And we've written down those lessons, which we've then turned into an action plan of what we're going to do now we're back. Wow. Uh, and that's been taking us quite some time this week to make sure that we work out what all the actions are from the workshops uh, and we sort of got, you know, six or seven major ones that have come out of it, uh, such as more of a focus on tax advantaged accounts as opposed to just putting it outside tax advantaged accounts. Um, then obviously we need to translate the American advice into an English platform <laughs> so that we can actually implement it. Um, That's right. So, yeah, maybe people have picked up on this, but you are not from America. Where where exactly are you from? <laughs> I am not American. Um, yes, I'm Alan. I'm from England, I'm from the <laughs> south of England, a place called Basingstoke or Amazingstoke, as I like to call it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a little inside joke from the Chautauqua. He, uh, he got a lot of got a lot of laughs when he introduced himself, uh, and he was quite offended by it because uh, even though Jill was not from America, and she, nobody laughed when she said she was from Scotland, but everybody appeared to <laughs> everybody seemed to laugh when you said I'm Alan and I'm from England. So. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> a little inside joke there, but uh, so yeah, so you're from Basingstoke, so it is quite a, a different journey, I'm assuming, uh, from when you're pursuing Phi in the UK. Um, so we'll get to that as well, but uh, but yeah, maybe just uh, give a little background about you know how you got on this journey and where you guys are at. Um, so how we got on the journey, uh, we read sort of some uh, Robert Kiyosaki books. I don't know if you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad yep. uh, many years ago. And he spoke about the difference between an asset and a liability. And up until that point, I'd never owned an asset, which quite shocked me. Uh, so we spent some time working to buy assets which we own a couple of uh, small flats that we rent out, which led us on to all sorts of study and learning, which eventually a friend sent us to Mr. Money Mustache's website, which that led to your blog, which we devoured, uh, which led to one called The Escape Artist, which is a UK-specific one, which we also devoured. Uh, and eventually sort of, Katie and I were both on the same page that this was something we wanted to achieve. Um, so we set the goal of getting it all done by my 40th birthday, which is September 2018. And uh, we've spent the last, well, sort of it's 18 months, two years, two years since we made that decision. And we've got about two years left. Uh, and it's about two years until we'll make the jump to being financially independent. That's fantastic. Um, and you mentioned the escape artists. Are there any other uh, good UK or European blogs that you would recommend? Because I know a lot of people ask me that. There's a lot of people in the audience that are from the UK and they just want um, you know, some UK-specific things. Are there any other ones that you found useful? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the short answer is I've not found a lot. Um, we spe- the- One of the first books we read on this was actually Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And it must have taken Katie and I three months to translate that from American to English. (laughs) And I know we speak the same language, which is quite shocking. Um, But since then, it's it's got a lot easier. And I think there's some like for any of the English people listening out there, there is some very easy stuff that uh, uh, a 401k is a pension. A Roth 401 is an ISA. Those are the main translations, and you can kind of Google your way from there. Uh, but the escape artist is pretty much the only one in England that I've found so far that gives you some good advice. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll link to that in the show notes, and people can check that out. Um, so cool. So you're about two years away, which is very exciting. Um, but I want to talk more about what you're doing for your job and the fact that you actually love it. So I want to, I want to <laughs> touch on that, but then also f- sort of ask what you're going to plan to do afterwards, because if you're already having such a good time doing your normal work, uh, what, what, what's uh, in store for you after five. So yeah, first uh, let's talk, tell people about what you actually do. So about six years ago, I set up something called pop-up business school and we travel around the UK helping people to start small businesses and make money doing what they love. That's fantastic. And and the whole reason you're on the show right now is because you offered to give a presentation at the Chautauqua, um, which was amazing. And I still don't know how you were able to do it so quickly and get it, uh, get it out there. And it was, it was fantastic. And it was a, it was a perfect addition to the other talks of the week. Um, It fit, in perfectly everybody loved it um so that's why i wanted to get you on the show to talk about that um so so you before we dive into that um still want to stay on your personal story for a bit um what do you plan to do after five and if uh if you if you've created this business that you love and you love what you do um what house five going to be different than normal life see i think this is the really interesting part that A lot of people we've spoken to have jobs that they don't necessarily like and their purpose for getting to FI is to be able to quit the job they like, they dislike uh, and then do something completely different. Um, I'm quite fortunate in that I've set up my own business and I focused it in a way where I get to spend my time doing what I enjoy 
And that's been one of the biggest revelations out of Chautauqua is why do I want to retire if I'm having fun? Right. So, and so what is the answer? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is I'm going to keep some of the stuff that I'm doing. I don't necessarily like the hardcore travel every week, but I do love helping people. And I found one of the things that makes me happiest in life is helping other people. So if I can continue to help people build businesses, and actually I'm in the process of we're just about to launch next year our own business school, which will have a permanent venue, our own permanent business school. Uh, and I probably will keep doing that for a year or so after getting to FI. Um, but there are obviously some cool stuff that my job doesn't allow me to do at the moment. I'd love to uh, move to L.A. and write a movie script and spend a year getting into the movie business. Um, I'd love to go to New Orleans and learn jazz and spend a year doing that. And I'd love to go to Naples. There's a course to become a professional Neapolitan pizza chef. No way. Which I would love to do that. So there's some amazing stuff that I really do want to do. And I think that FI just gives you the flexibility to uh, flit between purposeful work and more frivolous things that you're doing just for your own enjoyment. Oh yeah, that's I couldn't agree more. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a huge focus was purposeful work, um, and that was the core focus of my talk. And that's something that I've realized since leaving my job is that you know having something important that you're working towards and getting better at is is at least for me one of the key sources of happiness. Um, so if you're able to build a business before you even hit FI that, you know, satisfies some of those, uh, desires to, you know, build something, help people get better at things, um, then that's just a, a perfect scenario. Um, and so, yeah, congratulations on working your way into that and, uh, coming to that realization. So, um, how did you, how did the pop-up business school come about? About nine years ago, I went for support to set up my own business and I got the traditional startup support that everyone seems to get if they go for help, which is people teach you how to write a business plan. Uh, and the sole purpose of the business plan is to work out how much money you need to borrow to get going. Uh, then you set up a business, then you borrow a load of money. Then you do some marketing, some advertising, get a premises, and maybe you make money in year two. And the people that I went for support from, which was a government organization in, the, in England called Business Link, they did more to scare me off ever starting a business than they did to actually help me. Uh, and after a couple of years of running my own business, I realized there's a much better way of doing it. So I set up Pop-Up Business School to share a whole new alternative guide, an alternative way to start a business that people can get going quickly, make money from day one, and make money doing what they love. Awesome. So let's, let's dive into that. So, so yeah, first thing, business plan. You know, people spend days, weeks, months writing this <laughs> massive document that is instantly out of date as soon as the first you know, a bit of feedback from a customer comes in or, you know, something changes and it's never looked at again. So that's the first thing you would recommend is to pretty much ditch the business plan. I spent two weeks writing a business plan for my business. Uh, it was beautiful, Brandon. It had <laughs> colors, it had graphs, it had data, it had everything. It was beautiful. Um, I then put that business plan in a drawer and I went to see a real life customer and in that moment when i saw that customer everything changed because the customer said all that planning you've done i don't want any of that <laughs> what i really want is this other thing so i changed my entire business and did the other thing for him right. and that business but i can't bring myself to throw away the business plan i spent two weeks on it <laughs> um but it was a complete waste of time but here's the thing here's the mistake everyone makes is when they come up with an idea, first thing everyone does is they go and see their friends and they say to their friends, I've come up with this new idea. Let's imagine it's a phone case cover, a new design. They go to their friends, say, look at this. I've come up with this idea. What do you think? 
And what do most of the friends say? Oh, it's great. Looks amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's exactly what they say. It's great. You know, go for it. You should do it. Uh, is that good feedback? No, because they no. won't buy one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you should do at exactly that point. Is Once they've said it's great, lean in, stare <laughs> them in the eyes and say it's only $20. Will you buy it? Give me your $20 right now. Exactly. And then watch them shift uncomfortably. Because <laughs> um, that is the only moment you know whether your business idea will be successful or not. The only moment when you actually ask someone to take their wallet out of their pocket and part with their dollars or pounds. Right. Up until that point, they'll be nice to you. So if you go out and do a load of research, if you go and interview a load of people, you know, that's all good, but they'll be nice to you. They don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. And at some point when you actually ask for money, they'll have to give you the real feedback. So what my suggestion is, skip the business plans, skip everything, skip creating the product, skip creating the service and go out and actually ask someone if they will buy your idea. Right. And if you skip straight to the end, uh, if they say yes and they're willing to buy it, you've got a customer and you can start your business. If they say no, well, there's no risk. You haven't wasted anything and uh, you need to come up with a new idea or change your idea until you come up with a yes. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, so that's the other big mistake people make is they, you know, they don't do that and then they invest a bunch of money to create the product or service or infrastructure to, to sustain the business. Um, they sink a ton of money into it and then they find out that customers don't actually want it. And that's uh, a recipe for personal financial disaster. Um, so you suggest no money or as little money up front as possible to invest in the business. So how, how would you go about creating a business with no to very little money? I love that. And you're exactly right. That This is the sole reason why people think entrepreneurship is risky uh, they think entrepreneurship is risky because you have to borrow a load of money to get going, which that is risky. I would never, ever recommend going into debt to start your business. Having a business is about having money, not owing money. Absolutely. So let's get straight to it. How do you start a business for free? First thing is uh, you can get stuff for free. So you can build a free website with things like Weebly or Wix or there's a whole host of platforms out there that you can build a free website on. Um, you can get offices for free. You can borrow space. Pretty much anything you want, you can get for free. Uh, and let me give you a real life example of this. We had uh, a couple of guys we met that wanted to start a sort of mini bus uh, rental business. So you can imagine you've got your sports teams or your groups of people who are going out at the weekends who want to hire a mini bus to be able to take them to their game or take them to their night out. And these two wanted to start a business to be able to rent out the mini buses. So they'd written a business plan. They'd worked out that they needed to borrow £33,000. Wow. Uh, and most of that money was going to be spent on two minibuses. Now, they came to us. The money they were going to borrow was – they'd organised to get a bank loan for it. They'd saved up about £2,000 themselves. They were going to get a bank loan for the rest. But the really scary bit was that the bank wouldn't have lent the money directly to them, so they were going to have to get a guarantor. And the guarantor was their parents – who were going to have to put up some collateral. And you can guess what the parents were going to put up, weren't you? Family house. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, that would scare me. That would scare me. These two had never run a business before. One of them didn't even have a driving license. <laughs> and they were going to start a business renting out minibuses uh, based on a loan that was secured against the family home. Um, so we sat them down, said, this is crazy. Let's see if we can work out what we can do. Um, so we went through their list, website, 
well, you can get that for free here. Uh, business cards. There's actually websites online where you can get free business cards plus postage and packing. Um, you need a computer. Well, how can we get around that? Can we find a laptop somewhere? Can we do something else? And we managed to strike off nearly everything on their list until we got to the vans. And then at the vans, we said, uh, do you know anyone who has a minibus or a van? And actually, they said, well, the whole reason we've got this idea is that one of our friends uh, does this during the week and he's got a van and he's inspired us. And so we said, well, does he use it at the weekends? Could you borrow it? And they kind of looked a bit confused for a second uh, and then got straight on the phone and said, could we borrow it? The guy only used it during the weekdays. So they were able to borrow it at the weekend and give him a share of the profits. So we're actually able to borrow a van to get them going. Uh, we managed to get the list down to 300 pounds. So instead of borrowing 33 grand, they needed 300 pounds. Wow. And that 300 pounds was only for the driving license for one of them. <laughs> That's amazing. We could not find a way around the driving license. So you can get stuff for free. You can borrow stuff. Uh, one of the ones for us is always bartering. What can you swap? Um, when I started my business, I was not very good at marketing. So I found a marketing company that wanted its staff trained, which is what I was doing. And I trained their staff in presentations and they did their marketing for me. Um, Henry, who works for us, uh, the pop-up business school, we don't have an office. We all work from cafes or our home, except for Henry, who works for us, who does have an office. Uh, and he found someone uh, at his local pub, actually, that uh, had an office. He asked if he could borrow the office. And the guy looked a bit confused and said, why would I lend you my office? And he said, well, I can do something in return for you. I'm good at building websites. And the other guy said, well, that's great. I need a website. So Henry built him a free website using Weebly and swapped it for use of his office, which came with free coffee and free Wi-Fi. So you can barter the skills you've got for what you need to get. Absolutely. Uh, and especially in this day and age, it seems easier than ever to to start without a lot of capital, even if you know, even if you you're not borrowing or bartering a lot, it seems like with technology it's easier than ever to start a business without you know, you don't have to buy a building like you used to in the past. You know, you don't have to rent a big storefront um the internet has opened up so many doors to start businesses for next to nothing as well have you seen that as well it's been a complete game changer brandon because we could not have run the courses we run eight nine ten years ago the tools of the internet that allow you to start for free just weren't available um we like now if we were to sit down together and come up with a new business idea First question I asked would be, what do you enjoy doing? And then we build a business around that. And within an hour, we could have built a free website. We could have it online and we could use tools such as Twitter and Facebook to be finding customers for you immediately. The Internet's changed the game. Uh, and to give you one example of that, we had a young guy called Andrew came on our course about three years ago. He was 16 uh, and he came up to us afterwards and said, I've got a little YouTube channel. Uh, how do I make money out of it? So I've been coaching him for about three years now. Um, his YouTube channel is called Tech Team GB. And he creates videos reviewing technology. He reviews them on YouTube, puts the videos up. There's a link below to where people can buy the products that he's reviewing. And he gets his videos sponsored. And I think the really fascinating thing, he's now 19, he's built a channel, he's earning his full-time money online. Uh, he has a higher clout online and more reach than Microsoft in the UK. And he's a 19-year-old. No kidding. Uh, it's just a leveller. With technology, you can compete with the biggest firms in the world from your bedroom. It's just changed the game. It's amazing. And, and you mentioned, you know, <clears throat> figuring out something that you're, passionate about and it's what I found amazing uh over my last you know five or ten years of just like trying things out online 
um, is that you really can earn money from things you're passionate about that don't even seem like they would be good business ideas. Um, right. Like the mad scientist is, is a perfect example. Um, the goal wasn't to make money. And if it was, I would have quit, you know, three years into it because I was <laughs> putting in so many hours and not getting any return. Um, but even something that like the mad scientist where it seems like there's no chance of making money because it's like, well, what are you going to sell to people that you're telling not to spend any money and save all, <laughs> save all their money? Um, you know, so the, it's like it's like the worst business idea ever as far as a business is concerned because you're just telling your customers not to open their wallets ever. Um, but it, it's 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 still in the mad scientist. Just there's certain services that I recommend that are free for the users, like personal capital or some of the credit cards for travel hacking that I recommend and stuff. And even th those give a kickback. So then the mad scientist is actually earning money, which is crazy um, because that's just a passion project. So it's like, even if your business idea seems like it won't be that lucrative, if it's something you're really passionate about and interested in, then eventually you're going to build something that's so great that people are going to want to want to use it and see it and read it. Um, and the income opportunities will come from that in ways you didn't even expect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And quite often people wonder how the pop-up business school makes money because no one ever pays to come on our events. Oh, and wow. uh, to share with your listeners our way of doing business, we have what we call a Robin Hood business model where we take money from people who've got it and then we give our service away for free to the people who need it the most. So for us, uh, big business sponsors us, councils pay us, or the government or housing associations pay us. And then we run the courses in the community for the people who need it the most. And we give it away for free. Wow. And so the people, even the people you're trying to serve, don't have to have any money. There's got to be someone in the equation with cash. Uh, and I'll give you another example of that. There was uh, a speaker that wanted to do talks and workshops to help people overcome cancer, but he didn't want to charge the patients. So what he did was he found someone who had cash that wanted to pay to help that group. Uh, and the reason they wanted to pay to help that group was they wanted to change their image. Mm. And the people he found were pharmaceutical companies. Now, they don't necessarily have a good image and they will pay money to do good to change their image. So what he was able to do was take money off the people who had it, Big Pharma, and then do good with that money, helping the people who need it the most. That's fantastic. So there's always a way to build a business. And I kind of have a challenge. I don't care what it is you like. There is a way to make money doing it. Uh, and I'm sure with that challenge, we'll get a few messages afterwards. Uh, send me some messages, challenge me, and we'll come up with a way for you to make money doing what you love. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, actually. Um, I recommend everyone does that in the comments uh, below this episode because um, after Alan's talk at Chautauqua, my wife was talking about a business idea that she has had for a while, and she just kept coming out with more and more things like, why it probably wouldn't work and Alan shot down every single one of them like, <laughs> very quickly and then it just left us both like thinking well I guess there's nothing left to do but just give it a shot so um, <laughs> it was uh it was fantastic and uh, I'm excited about that because yeah Jill's gonna go back to Scotland and uh and give it a try with absolutely no money down because Alan showed us all the ways we could get what we needed to get for free and just give it a try. So, um, so yeah, anybody with a, a business idea or something that they think they would want to do with their, their lives, um, definitely, uh, write in the comments below. And, and, uh, if you have any doubts, I'm sure Alan will, will talk you out of them really quickly. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing all the ideas. Nice. Um, so cool. Okay. So, so find something you want to do cause there's no point in, you know, creating another job for yourself that's going to make you miserable. So obviously find something that you're interested in, really passionate about, um, and figure out who the, 
where the money is in that equation um, and forget the business plan and try to borrow and start with as little upfront capital as possible and then just get started, try to find your first paying customers. Um, what, what's, what's next after that? Uh, find the first paying customers, sell what you've got, uh, and then see if you actually like running the business. Because there's lots of times and lots of people who've started things and they find out later, actually, I much preferred this as a hobby. Right. And I don't want to do it as a job. Um, so what we always recommend is starting for free and getting going to work out if you actually enjoy doing it or not. Because quite often what people do is they jump in with two feet, borrow a load of money, start up before they've even realized if they enjoy it or not. Um, and one of the sayings that I have. So if you liked Ben and Jerry's ice cream, how do you know which flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream you like the most? Try them all <laughs> if possible. Yeah. If, if you're anything like me, you go to the supermarket, you buy every flavor and you try the lot and you realize you don't like Cherry Garcia, but you do like half baked. Right. Um, the only way to know if you're going to love doing something as a business is to have a go at it. The only way to know. So do it without risk, which is sell it first, see if it works or even do it a couple of times for free for people, you know, and trust to see if you actually enjoy doing it. And you'll find that if you start and make it happen and you enjoy it, it very quickly turns into a business because people will sense that you enjoy doing it and they'll want to do business with you rather than a faceless corporation. No, that's, yeah, that's fantastic advice. And that's, that's great advice for even non-business things. Like I know talking to a lot of people at events like the Chautauqua and Camp Mustache and things like that, um, you know, people think they, for example, their dream is to like sail around the world. Um, so they buy a big sailboat and <laughs> they sell all their belongings and sell their house. And then, you know, a few weeks into the trip, they hit some really rough seas and totally puts them off. And then they're, you know, stuck at a, a dock and the waves are crashing against the side of the boat and the, the China, you know, their dishes are banging against each other all night long they can't sleep they're fighting all the time because they're stuck in this, <laughs> you know 200 square foot space constantly and and it's like yes this dream that they had of this amazing life of sipping cocktails on the deck of their sailboat while they travel around the world is actually much different in reality but rather than trying it out first they've sunk a lot of money into all these things that now they can't really unwind as easily and they're not happy. So I think, yeah, trying even non-business things before you actually dive in is a huge, uh, a huge thing to keep in mind uh, so that you don't end up, you know, even more miserable than you were working after you achieve financial independence. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you try a few of these things, some of them might make you some extra money. And uh, one of the things we spoke about at the Chautauqua were the kind of the main ways to get to financial independence were to reduce your spending, to increase your earning and to invest more wisely. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's only so far you can reduce your spending. Um, you can get a smaller and smaller and an older and older car. But at some point, you can't reduce it much more. But there is no ceiling to the amount of money you could earn extra. Absolutely. And I think that's really exciting for me is that you can earn extra money doing what you love and enjoy the journey. And it gets you to financial independence sooner. Absolutely. And it gives you something to occupy your time after you leave your job. Because that was another huge topic of dis discussion is, yeah, what are you going to do after that's going to you know, keep you fulfilled and happy. Um, so yeah, building something while you're still working that you enjoy, uh, will make the transition so much easier, just like it has for me. Like I, I, as I said during my talk at Chautauqua, like I would have freaked out that first day of freedom had I not had the mad scientist stuff to work on because it's like this huge void just opens up in your life. It's this, this thing work has a, has occupied so much space 
And then all of a sudden it's just gone like that. And it's like, well, you have to fill that void with something. Um, so I had, I not had the mad scientist stuff to work on. I think I would have freaked out a lot. And the fact that, you know, switching over from saving so much all your life to then withdrawing from those accounts, that would have freaked <laughs> me out as well. But luckily the mad scientist was bringing in money, so I didn't have to. Um, and that was, that was hugely calming for a very, uh, you know, potentially rocky transition. Um, so that's why I was so excited to get you on because for me, it's perfect timing. It's just all of the stuff that you talked about in your, in your talk at Chautauqua, you know, it was, it was perfect timing for what I was going through and experiencing and realizing that, Hey, you know, this mad scientist thing that was just a hobby on the side turned out to be, you know, the best thing for me in this transition. And if more people focused on building that during their careers, you know, they would be more fulfilled during their careers, obviously, but then, it, they would have something to fall back on once they hit five. Um, so yeah, I, I'm so excited that you uh, were agreed to come on and talk about all this stuff because I think it's incredibly important, and even more important than I thought it was, you know, six months ago when I was still working. Absolutely, one of the keys to happiness is having a purpose, having something to do. There is only so long you can sit on a beach and sip cocktails before getting bored, Absolutely. and for some of us, it's longer than others. For me, it's about two days. For other people, they might be able to last a month. But at some stage, you need something to do to give you that happiness. And creating that purposeful, meaning work, um, whether it's pre-fi or post-fi, it doesn't really matter. But if you can do it, it will keep you happy long term. Absolutely. So, so if you if we follow your advice, then you know pretty much. Hopefully, by the time you have your first paying customers, the only thing you've invested is time and effort. Um, do you find that the people that you coach, do they try out a lot of different things before they fall on a, uh, a success, successful idea? Or is do most ideas turn out to be somewhat successful um, the longer that you work at them? I would say that not all ideas are great ideas. Uh, and the only real way to know if your idea is a good idea or not is to try and sell it. If you get rejected, then you probably know after a while that it's not going to fly. Um, but there is an essence of keeping going and making it happen. Uh, but you've got to take that idea, have a go and go and speak to customers and listen to what customers want and what they need and start creating that. And the more you get out there, the more you speak to people, the more you try and sell it, uh, the more you'll understand exactly what you need to provide to help people make progress. And your product idea might change and it might move. And that's OK. That's absolutely OK. Uh, we had a guy that came to us at the Reading Pop Up Business School that wanted to start a drone flying school. So he'd teach people how to fly drones. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, in the short term, he's found he's making more money from taking photographs of buildings with his drone for estate agents or realtors. Um, so he's actually found an income stream that he wasn't expecting by getting out there and speaking to people. And we find that happens quite a lot. You start doing one thing and someone comes along and says, can you do this other thing? Uh, and there's a whole new income stream that you weren't even expecting waiting for you. I think that's the case with a lot of things where you're just like, hey, all the good ideas come off of the other work that you've done. And that other work may not be good and useful and you may not profit from it or be able to use it. But it all serves to build to that eventual thing that you settle on, which is what you wouldn't have found otherwise. Exactly. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yes. And it kind of... It reminds me of a, a, a quote that I heard many years ago, which said, whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power and magic in it. Begin it now. And that just it hit me that if you start, if you put your energy out there, if you do something, then all sorts of avenues you weren't expecting open up in front of you. So if I was going to say one thing to your audience, if you've ever had a thought of doing something, if you've ever had a thought of starting a blog, doing a service, creating a product, have a go, 
have a go start for free you've got nothing to lose and you have no idea what magic might come from it absolutely couldn't agree more that's fantastic advice um I think I think I mentioned this at the Chautauqua, but my little quarter life crisis when I turned thirty—I think I may have <laughs> may have talked about that. Um, I had this mental break. I had this breakdown, and we were uh, actually at, uh, skiing for the weekend for my birthday. It was my thirtieth birthday, and we had a great day skiing, and then we had a great night out—you know, having dinner and having drinks at the bar and things like that. And then, yeah, I had this breakdown of like, what have I done with my life? I haven't accomplished any of the things that I had planned to do by the time. I hit 30 and, and it was because I had, I, it was analysis paralysis. Like I would think about an idea for so long and plan out every single eventuality and plan, you know, what I would do here and all these things and just think about it until I hated the idea and I would do nothing. And, um, mm. and yeah, it was that 30 year old, uh, 30 year old birthday meltdown, um, that resulted in the mad scientist actually, because it, I started it the next month. I was like, you know what? all the things wow. that I was worried about, like, cause I, I knew I wanted to write about all this stuff and, you know, I thought I had some really good stuff to say, but I was doing the same thing I'd always did where I was thinking, well, I need to figure out if I need to talk to a lawyer about what I can say and what disclaimers I have on my site and all these things like that really don't matter and that you can figure out along the way. But I was doing the same thing that I always did where I was, you know, trying to plan all these things out before I even wrote a single word um, and then yeah, after that 30, 30 year old birthday meltdown, <laughs> I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to start it and I'll deal with anything that comes, uh, when I do. And, and yeah, and it's been, you know, obviously it's turned into something that I never would have expected. And it lets me meet people like you in in Ecuador, which is crazy. And, um, and yeah, it would have never happened if I hadn't just started. So, um, I, I think that's fantastic advice. Um, and that's, yeah, every, everybody should keep that in mind whenever they're thinking of starting something. Cause yeah, the, if, is, if you follow your, um, you know, advice of not investing a lot of money, then the only thing you invest in is, is time. And I'm sure even if it fails, you'll learn something from that time invested. So there's really nothing to lose. So yeah, just get started. And that's, that's amazing advice. Is there, is there anything we haven't really talked about that you, you think uh, people should should know or are there any resources that you would recommend people go to there's so much we haven't talked about but i know we have a time limit (laughs) um resources i have a, a youtube channel that has daily youtube videos with it advice and inspiration for how to start up a business Uh, So if you want to check that out on YouTube, it's called Pop Up Business School. And we've got a whole host of videos on there on different topics about how to start a business. The ones specifically on the legal structures won't be that much use to an American audience. But the general philosophy and ideas works worldwide. Perfect. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, So obviously, we can't cover everything that goes into creating a successful business. But if there's any core topics we missed... uh, Feel free to feel free to chime in. The I guess the one core topic I just put in at the end. Uh, we say this regularly on the Pop Up Business School: is sell your value before you create it. Uh, and I think this is the opposite of what most people do. Most people spend years creating the product. They spend uh, years writing the book. They spend years designing the course before they sell it. And well, that is very risky because if you've spent years of your life writing a book that no one wants to buy, you've wasted your time. If you spend years of your life creating a product that no one wants, you've wasted your time. So what we always recommend is to sell it before you create it. And business has been doing this for years, but for some reason, new startups don't think to do this. So, for example, there was a a business in the UK called the Cotton Traders. Uh, They used to have adverts in the back of the newspaper that said, order your T-shirt or polo shirt here. Uh, It had a little form that you could fill out and send in with a check saying, I want two medium polo shirts. And in the small print underneath, it would say delivery is six to eight weeks. You might be thinking, why are they taking so long to deliver it? Amazon will deliver things in two hours. 
Well, the reason it was six to eight weeks delivery was that the items you were buying weren't even made yet. So they would collect all the orders. They would collect all the checks. They have your money in their account. They would then put the order into the factory to create the polo shirts and create the T-shirts that then they would sell afterwards. And now, actually, there's so many different platforms online that you can virtually create T-shirts. You could virtually create all sorts of things uh, and then sell them from the virtual image. And when you have sold it, then you make it. It takes all the risk out of entrepreneurship. Um, even let's say you were going to create a music album, for want of a better idea. Uh, why don't you create one track, have a sample and then sell the whole album based on the sample? Then you're not wasting any time. And then you'll get a load of people that say this one track is great. I will pay for the whole album. Then you go away and create the album based on that. So there's no reason. And it doesn't matter whether it's a service, a product, anything. You can sell it before you've started. And actually, that was how we started the pop-up business school. Um, about six years ago, I had uh, the idea for this thing called the pop-up business school. And that's about all I had. Uh, and I went to see a guy down in Western Supermare called Michael, who works for a housing association. And I said to him, I told him all about my idea and asked him if he was interested in buying it. I'd not written a course. I'd not created the website. I hadn't built anything. I just sold him the idea. And thankfully, he said, yes, he was interested. Uh, and he actually bought the first ever two week pop up business school. And I then had to actually do some work and write the course. But he paid for that course before I'd run it. So everything we did was funded by his cash. So I don't care what it is you're going to do. There is a way to sell it first and build it second. And that takes all the risk out of entrepreneurship. There is zero risk. If you've sold first and collected the money up front, there's no risk in entrepreneurship. That's fantastic. And yeah, especially nowadays with things like Kickstarter and things where you can, yeah, like you said, write all about the idea and maybe create a digital representation of that idea and then sell it. And then, yeah, if you don't even hit the target that you need to, to build it, then you just don't even make it and everybody gets their money back, which seems like a fantastic way of going about it. Which is some great feedback about your idea. Right, exactly. <laughs> They'll tell you very quickly whether it's going to work or not when you ask for the cash. Absolutely. Are there any other resources like Kickstarter um, out there, or is that is that the primary one if you wanted to do something like that really easily? There are loads of different services just like Kickstarter. There's some specifically for certain niches. Um, the one piece of advice I would give people about Kickstarter is that you can't just throw a page up on Kickstarter and hope that people will buy it. It doesn't work it like that. Um, have you heard the expression, if you build it, they will come? <laughs> yes. It's the biggest load of rubbish ever. Yes. It, it does not work. If you build it, no one will come <laughs> until you tell them about it. Yeah. So if you're going to put a Kickstarter page up, if you're going to start a blog, if you're going to put a website up selling a product, you have to get out there and tell the world it exists and get them to look at it. And that's the step that most new entrepreneurs forget. They kind of think, this is great, Alan. They put up a Kickstarter page and then they don't do anything else. Like, well, nothing is going to happen until you tell people it's there. It's like if you started a podcast and told no one about it. It'd be suicide for your podcast. You have to tell people about it. Um, so, yeah, the, my biggest piece of advice on that is that your work starts by getting people to look at your offer. Right. No, that's, that's great advice. And I, I, was, I had the assumption that if I built it, they would come. I built a, a, web, a web app way back in 2010 or 2011 or something. And I was like, this is the most fantastic thing ever. It's the best. It's great. And then, yeah, 
I was very shocked when the <laughs> people weren't flooding in. Um, looking back on it, yeah, it's ridiculous that I thought that was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this people are going to find this. They're going to love it. They're going to tell everybody, and it's going to be fine. Um, and it just didn't happen. And it that web app just died a slow death. And uh, that was a big lesson to learn. But yeah, I completely agree. You need to you need to find the audience. Uh, uh, if you build it, they will not come. That is definitely not going to happen. So yeah, good advice. <laughs> if you're going to build another one, Brandon, then come and talk to me and I'll help you promote it. Let's <laughs> yeah. get it out of there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely do that. Um, cool. Well, Alan, I usually end all of my podcasts with uh, asking people, you know, if you had one piece of advice for someone hoping to achieve financial independence, what would it be? The one piece of advice that I would have is that if you've got a partner someone that you're doing this stuff with do it with them get them involved early do it as a team uh, i think katie and i have separately gone on training courses you know i go off and do a training course you come back really excited uh, the other person's in a completely different place and it doesn't work and my biggest piece of advice on this journey is do it together if you've got a girlfriend, if you've got a boyfriend, if you've got a husband, if you've got a wife, do it together. Get on the journey together. Get excited together. Um, together, you will make so much more progress. That's awesome. That's great advice, Alan. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, I'll see you again soon over in the UK when I get back there. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, uh, the pop-up business school is that the best way is there do you have an email address there that people can have i could put in the show notes yeah just pop up business school or you can find me on twitter at alan donegan uh, a-l-a-n-d-o-n-e-g-a-n um and i did just have one thought as we talked brandon one yeah. request for your audience if that's all right absolutely uh, i've always wanted to come and run a pop-up business school in america so if any of your audience think this would be a good idea to bring this to the states i'd love to have a chat with them it's something i've always wanted to do i'm a big admirer of the american psyche and the way you guys do business uh, and i'd love to do more with you that'd be fantastic i think that'd be an amazing idea so yeah anybody out there um the alan's email address will be in the show notes so definitely send him an email and after hanging out with him for a week i fully endorse him and uh, <laughs> and uh, would say that he would make a fantastic uh, business school lecturer um, and yeah that would be that would be awesome if you could come over to the states and give uh, a little bit of English civility to uh, the the cutthroat American <laughs> business world <laughs> so yeah thanks Alan I really appreciate it and hopefully speak to you again soon keep going thanks Brandon all right bye 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 finance